That's week five already. Can't believe it. It's going really fast. For those of you who weren't here last year, last year, last week, <laughs> a lot's happened this week. Um, we, we did most of the groundwork and all the scripture and stuff for visions. So if you didn't hear that, all the stuff is online now. And so you can go to ilovemore.org. Click on, I found this so I could tell you how to do it. Click on sermons. You'll see all Pastor Daryl's stuff on the left. On the right, you'll see the name of my class. And right below that, you'll see one with a date. If you click on that, they all open up. So if you missed any, you can listen to them. So last week, like I said, we laid a groundwork for visions because I want people to know that it's scriptural and not be afraid of it. Um, I also told you, don't trust me, trust the word. So you might like me, but I don't want you to trust me. I want you to trust what you find in the word. I shared three personal visions God gave me that very first year I received my prophetic word and how God used them to show me where I was and to start to show me where I was going. And that was really a big deal for me. Um, the thing about visions, they can be just like prophetic words. When you get a prophetic word, it releases something in the supernatural. It releases the power to bring about the thing God's speaking to you. So those three visions were really important to me because it started a process in the supernatural to get me to a place I could not get by myself, like right here. This is impossible for me, for my personality, for my life, trauma in my life, all the stuff, this is impossible. But God set that into motion even way back then, and it's just been a process. We still have to partner with him. It's not just going to happen. So if you got a great word and you're just sitting there waiting for it to happen, it's not going to happen that way. You just have to partner with God and say yes. When he puts things in front of you, you say yes. Sometimes they feel so hard, but he's right there with you. And he wouldn't open those doors for you if he wasn't going to help you step through. So don't be under the impression that because you get a great word in the prophetic rooms, that all you got to do is sit back and let that happen. It just, you have to partner with him on that. So tonight, I want to continue talking about visions. We just have two more words from the Bible that describe visions. We're going to use pictures again. So for those of you who weren't here the first week, if you didn't grab a picture back in the back, please go get one. We're going to use them different this time. So don't grab it thinking it's what we're going to tell you about yourself. Okay, just grab the first thing that, that appeals to you. And y'all don't have to participate, but it's fun. I think y'all like it. So we're down to number six. And Trey, this should be on there. Oh, okay, it's the first thing. It's ecstasis. This is the Greek word. It's where we get our English word for ecstasy. It can mean amazement, astonishment, or a trance. And don't 
blink out on me now because I said trance. Okay, we're going to talk about that. Literally, it means a displacement of the mind or bewilderment. So what is a trance? It refers to being caught up in the spirit in order to receive revelation. It's like a vision. It's a little, not necessarily feels more intense, but it's a more intense thing that happens. In Acts 10.10, Peter was on the rooftop in Joppa. He's just up there minding his own business, waiting for some food, right? And all of a sudden, God starts showing him this crazy vision, and it was a trance. And he let down the sheet. Y'all probably, we're not going to pull that up, but y'all can look these up. He let down the sheet, and it was full of unclean things. And Peter had been trained his whole life not to touch them, not to eat them. And God said, take and eat. Well, he was like, never, Lord. I've never done that. And God just showed it to him again. And then, you know, God's timing. The guy shows up at the door at his very house. And Cornelius, the Gentiles, asking Peter to come to his house. So why did Peter need a trance? He was breaking every cultural rule he had ever been taught. You don't visit with Gentiles. You sure don't go to their house and eat with them. And you sure don't talk about Jesus with them. So he needed something really strong and supernatural to help him break that barrier and be tough. It'd be like us stepping past something that we've been taught our whole life. And so God gave him that trance to help him make that jump. Because sometimes the things he asks us to do are hard, and it's hard to wrap our brain around them. So um, I don't know that Peter would have been able to do that otherwise, you know. But when you see something like that, and then there's a dude at the door asking you to come, it's pretty hard not to grab what God was wanting. And then there's another one, Acts 22, 17 through 18. Paul fell into a trance in the temple, and he was warned to get out of Jerusalem. So why was that important? They were going to kill him. It wasn't his time to go yet. And God wanted him to get out. And so he gave him something really strong and powerful. So trances can be, don't be afraid of them. Um, they've gotten a bad rap mainly because of the new age and the occult. And they talk about trances and it's all, you know, and we stay away from that stuff. But if it's in the Bible, it's just like the words I've told you. You know, we hear those words, we immediately get scared and think, oh, that's new age. If it's in the Bible, it's ours. And they stole it. And I'm ready to take it back. Like, I'm sick of them stealing what's ours. Um, the Lord really took this a different way for me this week. I had some, just some fun examples. I have a lot of stuff to pull from, just stuff the Lord shown me. But he showed me two specific things he wanted me to tell you about, so I'm going to. And um, the first one, I've had a trance, just one. Um, I've never really talked about it. I might have told Carol about it. I'm not sure. Is this not something I really talked about? 
I might have told someone, but I don't remember telling. It was back in January of 2007. And again, if y'all are new, when God shows me something, he requires me just to write it down word for word in my journal. And so that's why I'm just going to read this to you because it's exactly what I, what I wrote down. And it does feel a little funny sharing some of these things because I never want to draw attention to myself. Okay, that's not my goal at all. But it's something I've experienced, so it's something I can share from something that actually happened to me. I stayed up last night late getting my bills paid so I could have the morning with God. I love the sound of that, having the morning with God. What an awesome privilege. Who else on earth but Christians get to do that? No one. Stop and think about it. We can come boldly right into his presence and expect to meet with him. The most amazing part is that God wants to meet with us even more than we want to meet with him. It's really true. Like he's just waiting for us to come sometimes. He just so much wants our companionship. But so many people, probably most, have no idea what God has for them. They live their lives trying to make it on their own strength, only praying when they have a need or out of guilt. And I was guilty of that, you know. You need something, you pray. You feel guilty because you haven't prayed in a long time, you pray. But there's so much more than that, so much more. Lord, it's a tragedy, and I commit my life to bringing the truth of your love to these people. I pray you would use every trial I've ever lived through to make me a person who can somehow convey your great love and desire for intimate relationship. I give myself totally to you, Lord. Your plans and purposes are my only job description. I am yours. All of me belongs to you. I willingly lay down my life and any preconceived ideas of what I will be doing. I commit to follow you no matter where that path leads. I love you with all my heart, Lord. Help me to love you more. I felt called to go into my secret place this morning, and I'll just tell you what that is. Um, long time ago, I just took Chad's old room and I turned it into my secret place. And I just, that's where I love to go and spend time with the Lord. I have a lot of things in there that he's just put in my path that remind me of promises and things he said to me. So it's just a special room for me. So if I say secret place, that's what I'm talking about. If I can find my place again. I could feel Holy Spirit anxiously waiting. It was so crazy because I worked 12-hour shifts at the hospital. Back then I was still sick, so on my days off I was just wiped out and tired. But I had set my alarm to get up to spend the morning with the Lord, and he came and woke me up an hour early. And I could feel his presence, and I could feel, I could feel his excitement to meet with me. And it was so crazy. It seemed so crazy, but that's how he feels about us. He loves to meet with us. I put in a CD from IHOP, and I love this line so much. They sang, lovers always find what others give up searching for. Love that. Lord, this is how I want to be. I want to search until I find everything you have destined for me. 
I will not settle for what I have now, even though it's better than anything I've ever imagined. I have to have more Jesus. And that's just been the cry of my heart, y'all. I just, it's a perfect church for me because I have to have more. I know it's out there and I know it's for me. I'm talking about more of you. The other stuff is fun and exciting, but more of you is what I'm really after. I want to know you more. I want to love you more. I refuse to settle for a portion because you died to give it all. Please help me draw closer. I don't care what it costs, Lord. So then he gave me a vision, and I titled it, It's Time to Come Up to the Heavenlies. I begin to see all the times I've climbed with Jesus to new places. I see myself with staff in hand following after him. Sorry, I got mixed up for a second. I realized I've climbed to the highest. I bent these pages the last week so I could get them turned. Y'all just talk amongst yourselves. I've climbed to the highest peaks and I've stood there with my Lord. I hear Jesus speak. Now it is time to come up into the heavenlies. You have been faithful with the things of the earth, so now I will begin to reveal the secrets of heaven. I suddenly see myself standing on the ledge from May of 2002. I think I shared this with y'all the first week. Jesus reaches down, and I'm instantly with him at the top of the mountain. A new day is dawning now. I always saw that mountain as a fight for my marriage and all the difficulties in my life, but it's so much more. I feel a coming up to a brand new place. This is not just having victory in my life. I have a brand new place with my Lord. This is what my heart has been yearning for. I don't have words to express what I'm feeling right now. I'm changed forever. I look up and see my statue of the girl in the pink dress. I'm going to show it to you. She is standing on the rock, eyes closed, hands up and open, at total peace. I realize I am to move into this new place from her posture. This will be a time of incredible excitement and discoveries and great warfare. But I'm to step into it just like her. I'm to be at rest, trusting my Lord to take care of every circumstance. Let it be so, Lord. Help me to walk with you in total peace and rest. I don't know what to say. I guess all I can say is thank you. Thank you for answering the yearnings of my heart. I know you're the one who put them there in the first place. I can hardly wait to see what's next. So this is just, the Lord has shown me things along my journey that have meant a lot to me. And this was one, because at, at a point in my life, I had a lot of fear and anxiety. And, and this just reminded me of the posture I'm supposed to have with him. We just, we rest. It doesn't matter. She's barefoot. She's on this little rock. 
but she has, she's at total peace and rest. And so this would just remind me, it's not an idol, it would just remind me of the posture I needed to, to have. Something strange just happened when I, oh, sorry, I missed this. So sometimes during experiences with the Lord, my mind just kind of gets to where I can't take anymore, but I don't want to stop. And so I get up for a minute, walk around my house or something, because your mind is just physical. And sometimes when God shows you things, it's overwhelming. And so that's what I did. I got up for just a minute and I'm like, don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. And I just took a couple of laps around my house. And then I wrote, something strange just happened. When I got up and walked around, I looked at the clock because I have an appointment with a chiropractor at 2 o'clock. It was 1130, which really surprised me because I'd been in there all morning. I was surprised because I didn't realize how much time had passed. I came back into my secret place and sat down on my couch. The next thing I knew, I was becoming aware of my surroundings, like coming out of a dream. I was still sitting straight up on my couch, but I felt funny. I wondered what time it was and got up to look, and it was 2.40. I don't understand what happened. Usually if I sit in one place for very long, I hurt. I was not healed at the time, had fibromyalgia. I couldn't have sat up like that on the edge of the couch for 10 minutes. Just couldn't do it. Usually if I sit in one place for very long, I hurt. I felt like I had just sat down, like no time had passed. I have about three hours unaccounted for. What in the world happened? I was still sitting straight up in the couch when I became aware I knew I had my appointment to get ready for, so I got right up to check the time. I had a sense of being with the Lord, but no recollection of what we did. The only thing I remember is that there were these three small pieces of fruit. God cut each of them in half, and each side had a specific meaning. That's all I remember. I was very aware of God's presence and of total peace and rest in the room. Like, it was just amazing. I called my chiropractor, and they told me I could come in if I could make it by 3.45. So I was rushing to get dressed, and I asked God, what just happened? He answered me with a laugh in his voice, and he said, it's a secret. God never ceases to amaze me. Um, I already said this at the time. He hadn't healed me yet. Um, I know this was a trance. There was no way physically my body could stay in that position like it did. Um, I can't always explain what God does or why, but he did something. And what I feel like he did was deposited something inside of me for the future. And when he said it's a secret, it's because he wasn't ready to show it to me yet. Um, But it was deposited there. And prophetic words can be the same. You know, you get this prophetic word, and so many people think that's going to happen next week. But it's like God puts a deposit inside of you, and then he releases that power for you to be able to walk in that eventually, whenever it's supposed to happen. 
Um, so let me get back on track. So how could I tell if this experience was from God? I'd never experienced that before. Didn't know anybody else that had experienced it before. Well, what preceded the experience? Several hours in God's presence. How did I feel when I became aware? I'm talking about this because I want us to learn about discernment. That's not the topic tonight, but it goes with everything that we do. So how did I feel when I became aware? I felt God's presence, and I was surrounded with peace and rest. It felt like I just sat down. There was no pain. So can I tell you the devil does not have any peace and rest to give you? He doesn't have the fruit of the Spirit. He doesn't have it. So that right there is a dead giveaway. I'm still not sure what happened, but I, I know God released something that day. And it'll be fun to find out what it was. Um, Trey, I have Hebrews 5.14. But solid food is for the mature who, because of practice, have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Y'all spent years now in God's presence learning, asking questions. And as you do that, he teaches you and you're... You do learn to discern. It's really important to learn to discern also. Number three, what was the result of this? Like what happened after that? Did it make me feel prideful? Did I feel like, wow, I'm really something. I just had a chance. Or did it point me to God? Well, I didn't tell anybody. It's very personal and it just made me seek God more. Another dead giveaway. That was from the Lord. When, when the enemy does something, he always wants you to, even if it's just one degree off, he wants to turn your attention away from the Lord and onto something else. Either yourself, a person, or him in some way. So when it leads you to the Lord, we'll talk about angels one of these nights. And I've had some encounters with angels and in one of those I, I said am I allowed to speak with you and they said you can speak with us but you have to remember we're just messengers God is our king so right there they said it themselves anything that would make you focus on something besides God you have to really be careful of that but when you're having experiences with the Lord, you can tell just by those things. How am I feeling? How does it make me want to act? Which way does it lead me? Those are all things that are going to keep you safe. And then I already said this. What was the purpose? I really feel like it was to make a deposit, something he hasn't told me about yet. In the back of my mind, I almost think he made a covenant. Because the scripture came to mind in Exodus 15, and it's when Abraham was still Abram, and God had him make a sacrifice, and he halved all the sacrifices. And then when night came, he went into a deep sleep, and it says uh, a uh, burning oven and a glowing torch, or maybe it's the opposite, 
went between the pieces and God made covenant. So I've always kind of wondered, did he make some sort of covenant with me? We'll find out one of these days. And my purpose isn't to freak you out, but I really think we need to have an idea of things that can happen in the spirit realm and not be afraid of them. I mean, if God wants to do something with me, I'm all for it. But a lot of people really close the door to that because they are afraid. And and we miss out when we do that. I said all that already. Okay, number seven, Trey, it's apocalypsis. This is the last word in the Bible that talks about visions. This is the most frequently used word for visions in the Bible. It's used 18 times. Uh, It can mean disclosure, an appearing or coming, a manifestation. It specifically carries the sense of something hidden that has been uncovered or revealed. So the most famous one is Revelations 1.1. This is the revelation or revealing of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his bondservants the things which must soon take place. And he sent and communicated it by his angel to his bondservant, John. Okay, my angels are covered, (laughs) y'all. They're all over the Bible. This is the best-known passage, and it's where we get our word apocalypse. Because of the mysteries in Revelation, many believe that apocalypse means things hidden. But in reality, it means revelation or unveiling. Romans 16, 25 through 27. I'm not putting these up there, but if y'all want to look them up. And 1 Peter 1, 6 through 7 are examples of the revelation of Jesus Christ. And then, Trey, I do have Ephesians 1, 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. So have you ever had an experience when you suddenly felt a little light bulb go off? You just something you doesn't have to be a big vision. Just you're maybe reading the word, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, I I never saw that before. That's an apocalypsis. It's when suddenly something's revealed to us that we didn't know before, and it can be really small, or it can be really big. And I think we should expect Holy Spirit to reveal mysteries to us. I mean, He promises He's going to. Um, I can't tell you how many times I used to do a Bible reading plan every year and I read through the Bible every year and I would come up on a story and I would read something and it would just kind of jump out at me and I would think I've read this so many times and I never saw that. That's an apocalypsis. So here's where I had some fun stuff I wanted to share. Just light, fun. But... The Lord wanted to do something different, so I'm just trying my best to follow him up here. Just a little bit heavy, but when we're finished, we're going to have some fun with our pictures, okay? This happened up here. We were having our soaking time before we do the prophetic and healing rooms. It was in August of 2011. 
Okay, I'm not going to forget to do this next time. Uh, so I'm just going to read what I wrote. During prayer before working in the prophetic room, I began to see myself in the spirit from behind. Remember we talked about that third person visions where you can see yourself doing things. I'm standing in some bleachers with angels on either side. This seems like it should be good. I was thinking, oh, this should feel good. But something was painful in my heart. I knew something wasn't right. I'm straining to see what is below when suddenly I see Jesus. He is bloody and beaten, carrying his cross. Jesus looks up to me, and I am aware of his question. Will I come down from the safety of the bleachers and join him in his pain and humiliation? I'm so aware of the people around me and what they might think. I feel their anger and how they despise the one I love. I realize I have a choice. I can be safe and stay up here as a spectator. Here I blend right in with the crowd, and no one will even notice me. Jesus looks at me with pleading eyes. Will I come to him regardless of what others think or say or do? Does this look like an angry crowd? Am I willing to endure his shame and disgrace and the hatred of some in the crowd? In the natural, so I'm in a room in there, and we're just having our soaking time, and this is happening. It's like I I needed to go somewhere. (laughs) So I just kind of put my head down between my knees, and I felt the magnitude of Jesus' question, and I realized I still have places where I hold back, either from fear or embarrassment. I really hate this realization, and I know I must do business with God right now. It was not a convenient time. (laughs) I leave the room and find a quiet place to be alone. I feel the magnitude of Jesus' question and have only one answer. I will join him no matter what the cost. I'm so sorry, Jesus, that I still have areas in my heart where I hold back. Please forgive me, Lord. You paid for my life with your own blood, so how can I remain a spectator? I see myself climbing down the bleachers to the field below. I'm immediately surrounded by the raging hatred of the enemy and those he controls. I feel the taunts and ridicule and hatred from them, but run stumbling to Jesus' side. His look of love and appreciation brings tears to my eyes, and I must face the fact that I have held back at times when I shouldn't. That's an apocalypsis. I didn't even realize I was. I'm so sorry, Lord. How could I let what someone thinks mean more to me than what you think? I willingly lay down my life and ask for the strength to stand with you no matter what happens. Please help me to never hide who I am again. Forgive me for being ashamed of some of the things you've asked me to do. Would you help me, Lord, to be strong no matter what the cost? I'm truly broken as I sit against the wall. I know Jesus isn't judging me. He is revealing this area of my heart so I can repent and ask him to fix it. 
It's another point for discernment, y'all. The devil loves to judge you. He's going to show you something and drive you into the mud with it. But with Jesus, when it's him, when it's Holy Spirit, he always gives you a way out. He always gives you an answer. He is revealing this area of my heart so I can repent and ask him to fix it. I think it stems from the insecurity and fear I lived in for so many years. But I lay down the last remnant of it tonight. I ask for freedom in Jesus' name. Jesus transfers his cross to my shoulders. I'm splattered with his blood and expect the weight of the cross to be hard to bear. Instead, as I walk with him side by side, the cross feels weightless. I realize Jesus is carrying the weight. I just have to be willing to walk beside him. I want more time, like this was a big deal. But prayer is finished and we have 10 people waiting. I realize what happened just now was a roadblock that would have dist- uh, that had to be destroyed in my life. I'm either all in or I'm not. Lord, I put it all on the line for you. I give you my reputation and my standing in the community and among my peers, and I count it as nothing compared to the joy of belonging to you. Please give me the strength and wisdom I need to follow you wherever you lead. My life is yours. Help me to never again apologize, no matter what you ask me to do. I love you with all my heart, Jesus. You're worthy of everything I am or hope to be. My life is yours. I see Jesus smile through the blood that covers his face. And I see his look of satisfaction and approval. This is why he gave his life. He did it for me. He did it for you. Something monumental just happened. Thank you, Lord, for revealing these things in my heart that need to go. I want to be 100% yours no matter what the cost. So what was the point of this vision? Jesus used it to reveal an area of my heart I wasn't aware of. And where this problem was the worst was at work. I work with doctors and nurses, and they really kind of joke around and look down on people who do stuff we do. And I've always been on the insecure side, and so it was really hard. It was easy to hide that part of my life a little bit. And I think it was so important for me to progress. I could have hung out where I was, but my heart was to keep moving forward. And so it was so important for me to just deal with this thing and once and for all. And it was, this happened like really fast too. It seems like that would have taken a long time, but it was just probably five minutes. So we are going to do a fun activation, I promise. But I really feel like there's probably others here who need to make a similar decision I'm not asking anyone to publicly respond. This is personal. But I want to pray over you. If God shows you something that's a problem or a roadblock, just let it go. That's all you have to do. He's right beside you, giving you strength and courage to make your choice. So I'm just going to pray. 
Father, I'm just so grateful that you never give up on us. And even when we, we think we're all in with you and we're not, you just give us opportunity after opportunity. And I just pray right now that you would reveal to all these wonderful people in here, just reveal where they are and if there's something that they need to do. And Lord, you never do it with judgment. You never do it with anger. It's always with hope and a way out. And I just pray that peace would just cover this room. I, I rebuke any judgment or fear in the name of Jesus. It has no place here. And Holy Spirit, I just pray so gently that you would show people if there's something in their life that they could do so that they can move forward with you. Father, I thank you for the great joy and privilege we have to love you and to serve you. And we just give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Okay. So let's switch gears. We're going to have some fun now, okay? It really felt funny to me. I thought, God, that's like two polar opposites. But I really felt like he that's what he wanted me to share. So I did. So if I could have my team up here, Carol and Catherine, does everybody have a picture? Okay, we're going to do it different this time. First of all, I want to say, because I really would like for y'all to participate tonight, it's going to be off the mic. You won't be doing it up here. So I'll explain it here in a minute. Um, but I'm going to use Carol as an example. <laughs> Carol just could not imagine that God would give her a vision. Like she just, she couldn't say the V word. <laughs> and so she would say, oh man, I, 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 I was, I was thinking about this and this is what I saw. And I said, and what was that? And she just she wouldn't say it. And finally, one day, she's like, a vision. <laughs> so it's weird for all of us, okay? No, nobody, most people anyway, you just don't picture yourself, God, using you that way. And I know I grew up seeing the, the big guys on the stage, the powerful evangelists, and they were the people that got that kind of stuff, not, you know, quiet people like me. So I just want you to know that this is for everybody. It's not, it's not just for one personality type. It's, it's for everybody. God says to pursue prophetic, to, to burn hot for it. And just to let you know, because I know you're going to feel like I did the first time, um, the only class I ever took... I was over at Trinity for 20 years, and of course I knew I wasn't prophetic, so I never did anything over there. But Jerry McMinnemy had a class called Seeing God. It was just like an evening, a couple of hours. And I was just so curious that I wanted to learn more, but I didn't know he was going to make us do anything. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have gone. So when he was finished talking, he said, okay, I want you to turn to your neighbor, and I want you to ask God to 
to give you something for them. And I was in panic mode. It's like, I'm in the middle of the room. I can't get out. What do I do? I was panicking. So the other lady went first, and it was sweet. And I was just panicking, thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm, I got to leave. And she really wanted something from me. So I'm just thinking, okay, Lord, what? And I see a pair of glasses. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what does that mean? Nothing. I just thought my mind was making it up. So embarrassed, but she's just looking at me so expectant, like I know what I'm doing, you know. And so finally, I just thought, okay, I'm just going to say it. And I said, well, I just saw this pair of glasses. And she got so excited. And I didn't know why she got excited, because I wasn't excited. <laughs> and she said, I went to the eye doctor, and I have to have either glasses or contacts. And I've been praying all day which one I should get. <laughs> So, y'all, God is so faithful to help us when we're learning. I'm, seriously, that's where I was. It was almost more than I could do to say, okay, I saw glasses. So you don't have to be afraid, and this is a safe place. Everybody is in here because they want to learn more about this, okay? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to look at your picture, and I'm going to pray. And I'm going to ask the Lord to reveal someone to you in the room. A lot of times, it's he just kind of highlights people to me. It's not like there's a light on them or anything. It's just I'm kind of drawn to them, or I, I just see them more than I see someone else. And so I, I want you to ask him to give you a, a vision or a word for them from your picture. So your picture's not for you. It's for someone else. If you have one with two things, you can pick either side. <laughs> okay, does everybody understand? So you look at your picture. I'm going to say a prayer. And then while y'all are looking and praying about that, we're going to do a few from up here. And this time we're not going to, you know, how we did it the first time. We have pictures too. And we're going to do the same thing. We're going to ask the Lord to show us something for someone out there. So, Father, I just pray that all fear would just dissipate in this room and that everybody would just be able to realize this is natural and normal for a child of God. I just pray you'd give us courage and confidence and the ability to just hear from you, whether it's we see a picture, whether we hear a little word, whatever it is. And I just pray that you'd give people confidence and courage to just share it. In Jesus' name. So while we're up here doing a few, I want y'all just to feel free to go to the person that you're drawn to. We're not doing this on the mic. So if I would get your phones out if I was y'all. So if someone gives you something, you'll have it recorded if you want to. Okay? Okay, ready, set, go. Okay, um, the first one I'm going to do, uh, I got this picture, um, it's a beautiful house, it's like, to me when I saw it, I was like, this is like my dream home, 
it's just gorgeous. Um, it's covered in trees. It's wide. It has like a wraparound porch. It's just really, really, really pretty. Um, and as soon as you walked in, Leticia, that I knew it was for you. And I was like looking around like for, you know, probably 10 minutes after I got it. And I was like, I don't know who this is for as soon as you walked in. So I don't know. I'm just excited to give you this word, but, um, I felt like this is a picture that you had held in your wallet for your whole life and that it was your dream home and your dream. It was like, this was your dream, what your home was going to look like. And, uh, here, I'll just put it down. Um, and I felt like the Lord just said, I was so pleased with your faith to believe in that because you held it in your wallet forever. And then, um, I also felt like th- I felt like that because Maddie's a part of your home and Apollo's a part of your home and just this whole beautiful thing. But, um, whenever she was talking about the Lord, uh, when he said, when he laughed and he said, it's a secret, I immediately saw both of you actually. And the Lord said that you are his secret weapons. And, uh, and he was like, they're my secret weapons, like laughing, like I was just really sweet. So anyways, that's what I got for that. Okay. This one, as soon as I saw this picture, I thought of you, Jody. but I believe it's for all of us. So you specifically, but this one's for everybody and Jody McInnes. Yes. And this is, it's a picture. You can't see it. It's, it's a, it's like a buffet and nobody's touched it yet. It's all beautiful. The food's brand new. Everything's fresh. The plates are clean. It's, it's just like this perfect smorgasbord. And I feel like the Lord's saying, you don't even have to prepare it. Just eat what I give you. You get to pick. You, you don't have to have the same thing every day. You can have a little bit of everything or pick something specific. But he has so much for you that there's no way you can consume it all. And it's like he's saying, bring people, bring people in because there's plenty for them too. And I just feel like he really wants you to know that you don't have to pick and choose. You don't have to choose one thing and stick with it. You get it all. It's all available to you. And it's all available to the people you bring in. Okay, is anybody out there feeling anything? If you do, you don't have to ask permission. You just go to the person, okay? Just be brave. Remember the glasses story. (laughs) I was terrified, but the Lord showed up, okay? I never even thought about seeing something, and he showed up. So I saw this picture. Y'all might be able to see it. It's this beautiful, like... Trees. It it reminds me of like a beautiful park or something with all these different kinds of trees. And then there's this red bridge. And Pastor Daryl, I felt like this was for you. (laughs) Um, This bridge, I'm going to let you see it better. To me, it feels like that bridge is leading to 
to the inner part of that area, like a secluded place. And that bridge is red. And I feel like what that represents is you are leading us as a pastor of this church. We've been in this surrounding. We've gotten to taste some of the goodness and the beauty around us from the Lord. But you're going to lead us across that bridge. And I believe the red of that bridge is the blood of Jesus. And you've been teaching us how to not judge people or events or circumstances the way we were trained to. But we see it all as under the blood and through his grace. And I feel like that's going to give us the ability to cross over into that very secret, secluded place where the Lord's just going to share so much more with us. So I feel like that's very important for our church. Okay. My next um, word, I actually have a word for both sides of this picture, but <laughs> um, I actually picked it up um, and I saw the eagle first. And so I'll, I'll give that word first. Um, it's for the lady sitting behind Sally. Uh, I don't know if I know your name. So Sally, yeah, okay, it's the one in the glasses. What's your name? Yes. Tina. Okay, Tina, this is for you. So I saw this eagle, and uh, when I was sitting down, I felt like the Lord said that um, you have an eagle's eye, like eagle eyes. And it's like, I saw you like an eagle soaring above, and I saw you looking down at all this land. And that's all I saw for a while until I got up here and I saw your face and um, I felt like the Lord said that because of the place that he has you and you're able to see all this land, that you're able to see some land, uh, there's a word for it, territory, a territory that um, you or us as a church, just like just the church in general has power over that we haven't seen yet, that there's a territory that the Lord was showing you specifically, and that it has something to do specifically with your ministry, what your life, what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to share the Lord and the love of God with people, that it's going to let us into that territory. And um, so that's what I got for that. Um, and I, Jaden, I got these owls. So when I turned it over and I wouldn't have thought anything about it. Um, but today I was hanging out with a high school student and she said something about owls having, um, hearts on their faces or something. And I actually can't see a heart other than the heart shape of their eyes with their mouth. But, um, it spoke to me because I wouldn't have thought about it otherwise. And she said, she said that about the heart. And I felt like the Lord showed me, um, that you are marked with his heart. Um, there's, there's like the Lord, it was like a stamp that the Lord put his heart and he stamped it on you. And it's like a birthmark. You can't take it off. Nothing ever will take it away from you that you're just born with it and you're made with it. But to also not think that just because you're marked with his heart and his love that you're not strong. Um, and cause I just see these and I'm like, man, these owls, like they're fierce and strong and that's who you are, but you're marked with God's heart and that's what you're supposed to carry. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. I feel like this one is for this house, um, for worship in particular, but for this house. 
and I also have pictures on both sides. And I, I got it because of this. I, it just drew me. And then when I, it's a picture of lightning. But the other side, and part of it's been cut off, but the other side is pictures of clouds and ones of a rainbow. And this cloud here, it's like there's, you can tell it's a storm and it looks like all this turmoil and it's just a storm cloud. And, um, you know, God is bigger than the storm. And then we still have the promise. We have the promise, y'all. We have the promise. And he is precise where he wants to strike. And when he strikes, he strikes with power. And there's so much power in the worship and in this house that it's, it's like people, when that lightning strikes, people notice. And I really feel like this is a place because of worship, because of what's allowed in this house, because of the turmoil and the promises that are made, that people are going to see the lightning strike and they're going to be drawn to it. They're going to want to know what in the world is going on and they're going to find God. It's really good. One more thing about lightning, y'all. When lightning strikes, it releases nitrogen into the soil. It makes everything green and grow. Because you can water your yard all day, but when there's lightning and rain, so I feel like that's part of it too. This place is going to be green with new life. Okay. This is an owl. <laughs> Sherry, this is for you. Yes, ma'am. What's your last name? Castro. Castro? Okay. Yeah, this is Sherry. She drives all the way from Clovis to come here. <laughs> oh, I thought Carol told me you did. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, all right, sorry. Okay, so I saw this picture, and I feel like that's your... That's you. You're wide-eyed and mystified, just looking for the things of the Lord. And, and he loves that so much about you. And I feel like the, the owl is representing wisdom, and he is going to deposit wisdom within you to begin to understand the things of the supernatural and to begin to understand how to use them, how to discern but that wide-eyed, mystified look, God just loves that so much about you. And he loves the way you've been pursuing him. And he's going to reward you openly for that. Okay. Okay, the last picture I have is of this man or woman. I think it's a man, but it doesn't really matter. Um, it's a guy aiming a gun in the woods or like, yeah. And I actually feel I, I have this picture specifically for two people, but I actually feel like it might be for a lot more. So if you feel like this word applies to you, take it as yours because the Lord just wants to encourage. But, um, specifically I felt like it, this picture was for Anna and this picture was for you sit in the very back row right there with the curly hair. Yes. What's your name? Laura. Um, so yeah, I, I saw this and I immediately saw sharpshooter or heard that word sharpshooter or straight shooter. I don't know either of those. And, uh, I saw the Lord come up behind this man or, but you know, come up behind y'all having this weapon in your hand. And he said to wait. 
And uh, so you waited. And I felt like I saw him replace the gun with another, um, it looked like a gun, but it was a trick. It was, it was God kind of playing. Um, and he replaced it with this gun that shot confetti. <laughs> it was really a funny vision I, I had. And, um, and I felt like the Lord just said that you're strong and he's super pleased with your strength. Um, but if you will surrender that strength to him, you will always have the right weapon in your hands. Um, because sometimes you think you need a gun, but you really just need to spread joy. You need to, you know, give it like confetti. It doesn't need to come from a gun, but sometimes you need this gun in your hand that can actually do damage. Sometimes you need it. And that's what your strength is for. But if you surrender your strength, you always have the right weapon. So that's it. I could do this all night. Don, what's your last name? Jones. Okay, Don Jones. Um, I have a really small, a really small picture, but it's really big. <laughs> um, it's a picture of someone scuba diving, and there's a school of fish, and um, they. I just feel like the Lord. It's like I see you here, and I just feel the Lord's joy over you. And it's like, don't be afraid to go deeper. He intended you to go deep. And when you go deep, you see things that everybody else doesn't get to see. And then you get to come back and tell people about it. So they want to go deeper too. And I really feel like he's given you the equipment because you can only go deep like that with the equipment. He's given you the equipment and the relationship to be safe. And he's putting words in your mouth so that you can express his heart to draw other people into this place. Okay. Y'all, it really is fun. And I'm not going to get on to you, but really, if you have something, I know from the first time we did this at the very end, we kind of did this. And all week I kept hearing stories. So if you have something and you don't want to do it now, please find the person after or at church or something. Because if God gave you something for them, you know, you don't want to hold that back. So we're in a safe place. You don't have to do it tonight, but I would love for you to, to find the courage. You can even write it down. I used to always do that. That's what God did with me first with the presence, and I would write down what he wanted to say because I couldn't say it. So however you need to do it is fine. You can write it down because it's going to bless them. It's going to bless them. Has anyone gotten a word tonight that it wasn't a blessing to you? I got this picture. I did not want to talk, but whatever. Um, I first thought of you, Candy, because I was like, who do I know in here? And your name came up. But then I like kept praying about it, and I felt like it was for more than one person. So Matt picked up this picture, and when I first saw it, I thought it was a guy just like laying on the ice. But then I turned it and realized it's a guy climbing a glacier because there's a rope. I felt like the Lord said, you feel like you're climbing, and you just keep climbing, and you can't get out. And it's like never ending. And you're like, when am I going to get out of this canyon of this just stuff that won't stop? And because I saw the picture different the first time, the Lord said, turn it over. Just change your perspective and stand up because you're not climbing. You're just laying down. So stand up and change your perspective.
Sherry, what were you wanting to say? She was just so on point with everything that she wrote down. But what's so funny is the picture that she picked up is the picture that I picked up when you first had us to pick pictures. Yes. I thought that was just, just God. I mean. That's awesome. And see, encouragement for you, Whitney, because you have this in you so strong. Okay, I'm going to do one more because... This is a picture. It looks like it looks like the edge of a small lake, maybe right after you come down off the mountains. Uh-oh, where'd Robin go? Where'd she go? Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh no, it's Robin's. Okay, it's it's like right as you come down off the mountains, it looks like a little lake. It's still got the pine trees around it and it's got this beautiful color. And what I felt like this picture was saying to you is, this is a dawn of a new day for you, and it's going to be beautiful, and it's going to be restful, and you're going to have peace. And I just feel like there's something about in the stillness that God's going to meet with you in the stillness, and he's just going to, he's going to turn any, he's going to turn any pain fear, any of that kind of stuff, to just the beauty of the new rising of the sun. And it's just, I just feel like you have a new day in front of you. And it's just an encouragement from the Lord. Okay. All right, guys, it's 8 o'clock. The whole purpose of these little things is just to show you how natural this can be. I mean, anyone can do this. If I can do this, anyone can do this. Don't shake your head so hard, Wendy. <laughs> She's like, no, really. If I can do this, anybody can. It's just a matter of time seeking the Lord and just listening to what he has to say. And the most, to me, the most important thing is just being brave enough to do it. You know? And I used to always, just like I did when I was in Bulgaria, what's the worst thing that can happen? Okay. Maybe someone laughs at you. Who really cares, you know? What if you bless someone? What if you reach them some way that they're, you know, maybe they have a family member that's been praying them for them forever that God would encounter them. And maybe you have that word, that key that could just turn that lock. And it can be so simple sometimes. So if it's simple, don't, don't let the fact that it's simple. Sometimes God... I believe we all have a key that fits our heart, and God knows exactly what key it is, exactly what shape it is. And when he gives you a word for someone, he's giving you the key that will access their heart. So it doesn't matter what it looks like to you. It's what it's going to do for them. Okay? So thank you so much for coming.